When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we have what I love. I love when we do this, a repeat guest, which means they have so much knowledge and information to share that we just couldn't get it all in an hour. But I have to laugh. And we were laughing about this before the program started. I looked and it's been eight years since I have had this guest on. And so it's going to be fun to catch up also. So please join me in welcoming Nikki Roush to our program today. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm doing great. I can't believe that it's been eight years. And thank you so much for having me back. I'm really honored. It's so much fun. And and I'm really looking forward to this. So let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this. So as the CEO of Sales Maven, Nikki Rausch has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling with over 25 years of experience entrepreneurs and small business owners hire nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically nikki has written three books including her most recent the selling staircase she is also she also has a podcast called sales maven which you can find anywhere on your favorite podcast platform so again nikki welcome back thank you Well, tell us, you know, and I always like to ask my guests, how did they get to where they are today? So tell us a little bit about that. And then tell us kind of what's been going on in the last eight years besides, oh, a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, how I got to where I am today is I started in sales through, through a college project, got my first professional sales job and was in the tech space for many, many years selling technology, closing big multi-million dollar deals having the time of my life traveling like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I started studying neurolinguistic programming. If that's a new term to anybody, it's the right. study of communication. I started studying it because I thought, well, it'll probably make me better at sales. Mm-hmm. It actually just made me better at life and a better communicator. And when I decided to start Sales Maven back in 2013, I thought, well, I'm going to combine what I know to be that works from my sales experience with my NLP background. And I'm going to show women who struggle with those sales conversations how to make it easy mm-hmm. and how to make it authentic and how to really be strategic so that you move that conversation from this like great you know introduction to actually closing business and so my business was born from that 
since I was last on your show. Gosh, so many things have happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. I've written a few more books. I think Mm -hmm. when I was probably first on the show, I had maybe written my first books. Mm -hmm. I've written a couple books. You already mentioned I started a podcast. I moved to a different state. You know, I was living in Washington and now I'm in Idaho and um, business has been phenomenal. I now, I think probably when I was talking to you, I was mainly working with clients kind of in the Seattle area. Now I have clients around the world, which has been phenomenal and amazing. And yeah, so life is good. Business is great. And I still feel blessed every single day that people show up and seem interested in what I have to share. And they use it and it makes an impact in their life and their business. And that's what, that's what kind of feeds my soul. I love it. I love it. You know, and it really has been such a change, especially in the last three years, right? Mm -hmm. Where we went from, okay, we have to serve this little part of our world with, we can, can work with people worldwide, Um, you know, and, and, you know, I think, it was going that way. And then COVID, obviously, you know, you go to work on Friday in an office and on Monday you're at home and you're like, oh, wow, this is fun. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so technology had to go immediately, take several leaps ahead. And to me, it's been so cool because I have one of the things that, that I've really focused on is my out network. You know, the people mm-hmm. that aren't here in the Atlanta area. Yeah. I haven't been to an in-person networking event since before COVID. Um, You know, and so all of my networking is online, which means all of my sales is, you know, from around the world. And and I think that's been so cool to be able to expand like that. Yeah, same. I, you know, I I think I didn't do this intentionally because obviously I didn't know COVID was coming. But kind of around the end of 2019, I realized that I was starting to attract people from around the world and that it didn't really make sense for me to put on these you know, master classes that were in person, kind of in the Seattle area. So I had really started transitioning to my, my business being done primarily over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, when when 2020 and the COVID hit, mm-hmm. it wasn't a huge, you know, I actually my business grew in 2020, but it it didn't it didn't impact me in the way that it impacted a lot of people because I had already kind of made this transition. But I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that we have this technology that allows for me to support people. I'm always so surprised when somebody shows up from Greece or from, you know, right. it's like, how did uh-huh. you ever find me? I have mm-hmm. no idea. Um, you know, there's the podcast, but even that's so surprising. I think now it's been downloaded in like over a hundred countries, which I'm always like, how did they ever find the podcast to begin with? It's right. so interesting. And it's um, all in English and you're in Croatia. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. And now I get clients that hire me and they're like, well, my English isn't that great. You know, but so now, so now there's that, that barrier of like trying to deliver something that will make sense and help them figure out how do they Mm -hmm. translate that into their, because obviously I Mm -hmm. barely speak English well. So that's, that's that's always, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I'm doing I tell people English is my second language and my first and my third, and I still don't have any of it right. (laughs) So yeah, it's just been a great experience and I'm so, you know, it's, it's, amazing that we do have these tools that allow for us to do business the way that we do business. Because, you know, 20 years ago, when I was a traveling sales rep, getting on a plane to go everywhere, this type of business wouldn't really probably Mm -hmm. have, well, one, I wouldn't have even ever been able to imagine it. And two, I don't even think Mm -hmm. it would have been possible. Mm 
Well, and I think that has obviously been one of the biggest shifts from people who were used to, to, you know, two and a half years ago, doing in-person sales. Yeah. They knocked on doors, yeah. they went to networking events, they you know did all of these various things. And then all of a sudden they could not, um, you know, and depending on where you were, you might be, you know, you might've come back sooner. You might've been somewhere where there was more restrictive, but how have you seen people? Because I know, I mean, obviously sales is a skill mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and being in person is very, very different than over Zoom. I mean, it is great. We can see each other, but, you know, we, we do miss some things. And so how have, have things changed when people are now doing a lot of sales virtually? Well, I think you're right. I mean, what you just said was you're spot on in that it's not the same as being in person. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are things that you should do as the salesperson to ensure that you're building really strong rapport mm -hmm. with the other person and that you're not making it about you. It's super easy to make it about you because you can see yourself on camera unless you mm -hmm. turn off, you know, your like your view. Right. And so it's easy to get distracted by looking at you and not Oh, what's my hair doing? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I actually have done some podcasts about this. I've written blog posts about this. Like be ready when you show up to that session that you shouldn't be looking at yourself on the camera and adjusting your hair and like mm -hmm. doing the what I call the duck lips of like mm -hmm, how's my lipstick look and mm -hmm. you know all yeah. that like people can see you right like <laughs> I know just because you can see yourself like it's a mirror mm -hmm. the other person is seeing you like you're in the room right. you know mm -hmm. you would never do that when you walked into no. a sales meeting I know that's that's been kind of one of the funny things with zoom is the stuff that we've seen, you know, it's like, okay, you, you also wouldn't go to a meeting with not combed hair, you know, a tattered t-shirt, not prepared. I mean, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I love the zooms at the start where it was like, you know, you, I understand you don't have a separate space. And so you're in your bedroom, but please yeah. make your bed. <laughs> yeah, think about what's your environment. Like, yeah. what can people see behind mm -hmm. you? I know I was just having this conversation. Um, a good friend of mine who has a book coming out here in, well, probably about the same time this episode will drop. Um, in there, she she's so she's a behavioral economist. Mm -hmm. So I want to drop her name and give credit where credit is due. Melina Palmer. She has a podcast called The Brainy Business. Mm -hmm. And she has a book coming out, which is, I think, what your employees... Oh gosh, now I feel like a jerk. I'm not going to say it right. What your employees need but can't tell you or what ah. your employees want and can't mm -hmm. tell you. And in there, she even talks about the importance of like your background mm -hmm. because if, you know, sometimes now you see people and they have the fake background. So then when right. they move like the palm trees, head, I'm like, you are not on a beach. Stop that. <laughs> But how that can create a little bit of mistrust because you're right. essentially saying to the other person, I don't trust you mm -hmm. to see what my background mm -hmm. is. Right. And with sales, that's such an important mm -hmm. concept because we've all heard with sales, your 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 job is to create the no like mm -hmm. and trust. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how you can earn mm -hmm. somebody's business. So what are you doing now mm -hmm. in the way that you sell? Are you are you doing things to build trust or are you in, unintentionally doing things that diminish trust and right. your background and how you show up and are you prepared? All of these things establish your credibility and that goes to trust. Right. You know, and, and I think, you know, those of us who had been doing this for a long time, you know, we obviously didn't switch, 
but it was it was the people who hadn't done it who I think thought I'm home so I can be casual you know mm-hmm. I can be in front of the unmade bed um you know I've done some really funny podcast interviews during especially during the height of covid where people were at their kitchen table and people came in and made sandwiches and you know all of these things yeah. <laughs> and you know and, and so we did get used to that but at the same point you were still looking at it and thinking are they taking this seriously? You know, because they they don't seem to quite be, you know, I'm putting this in my little air quotes, professional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you're right. It is about the no like trust. And when it comes to money, people are finding any way they possibly can to not give you their money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this just made me think this conversation just made me think about, um, I, this was this was kind of oh gosh, it probably had to have been maybe in 2019, may have been a little bit earlier. Doing work with Zoom, um, got hired by a company to do some training for their sales rep. So it was the the owner of the company and his sales team on Zoom, and he showed up to Zoom with no shirt on. Oh oh goody! <laughs> and so the whole the whole Zoom session with all of his people, and I'm thinking to myself like. Would you actually show up to a business meeting without your shirt on? Mm -hmm. Like I was so blown away. And honestly, I was so stunned by it. And and it was kind of making me giggle. So I was doing everything I could. Mm -hmm. It was sidetracking you for sure. Giggle that this person was like, like, you realize you don't have a shirt on, right? And you can see yourself. Business meeting. (laughs) Like, I understand that you're paying me. Like, I get that. Right. But your salespeople are in the—they're in the room as well. Right. How would you feel if they showed up to a business meeting with no shirt on? Right. Yeah. Now, if it's Michael Phelps, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, that, but, yes, if, your, if your job involves taking off your clothes, yeah. maybe. But, but my but, job does not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and yeah, it's and and it really is—it's about building those relationships and. Yeah. It's like you said with the background, you know, and and I understand not everybody has a place where they can have a nice background, things like that. But right. there's certainly pretty easy ways. And now, of course, you know, Zoom gives you the opportunity to to blur it, which I'm not wild about that either. Um, yeah, me either. But but yeah, it's you can get you know a, a sheet of plywood, hang a sheet on it, and you've got you know a, a a wall that you can put behind you. So it's you know and. And it is, it's about that first impression. Yes. You know, whether you're in person, whether you're on Zoom. And so how is it that you, that it, you know, what do we need to do to make sure that it's a positive first impression? Well, one of the things on Zoom in particular is, and this might seem really simple and yet it's often something people don't do. Just like if you were meeting somebody for the first time, when you're showing up on Zoom and you're seeing them for the first time. And more importantly, they're seeing you for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, treat it like it is an important first introduction okay. and say your name, introduce mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, your name is at the bottom of the corner of the screen. But if if you have a name that might be hard to pronounce or mm-hmm. if people like, is it, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of um, a name that sometimes it could be well, they you know, they often say Crier for my last name. Crier, yeah. See, so mm-hmm. if you want to help people be successful and build that know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. be willing to say, like, "Hi, Deb. It's so nice to meet you. I'm mm-hmm. Nikki." Even mm-hmm. that, right? It just shows mm-hmm. that little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Versus, this just happened to me this week where I showed up, and the person just la- he he just launched right into something. There mm-hmm. was no like 
hi, Nikki. There was no welcome. There was no, mm-hmm. and I was, I was kind of taken aback. And, and I remember thinking to myself, he didn't do anything to establish any rapport, right. didn't, didn't create any safety mm-hmm. with me at the beginning. Now I just went along with it because I was like, I don't really Yeah. I mean, it. you couldn't backtrack and say, oh, by the way, I'm, <laughs> you know? but it did make me feel like I, okay, so I'm just going to sit here and take all my cues from you. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like those little tiny things that can make a difference. So when you show up on Zoom for the first time, just like when you're showing up at a meeting, whether you're sitting at a coffee shop or whether you're meeting at a, you know, at a conference room mm-hmm. table, you would still reach out and shake somebody's hand and say your name. Right. So do the same on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing is is Zoom is more impersonal mm-hmm. because you know there's a screen, there's all sorts of stuff. There could be thousands of miles um, in between, and so yeah. you know, we need to remember, no, no, no. We've got to bring it back to being personal. Yes. That my I had an NLP teacher. She used to always say, just because it's high tech mm-hmm. doesn't mean it should be low touch. And as right. a matter of fact, sometimes when it's high tech, there should be a high touch component mm-hmm. as well. So that you really are creating that that personal connection. Because mm-hmm. it is hard. Like you're you know, you're flat on the screen, but I'm not flat here. So I gotta right. do things to mm-hmm. to do everything I can to build that rapport, to create relationship, to create that no like and trust. Right. So be willing to extend yourself in ways that you might think, well, I don't have to do that. Well, mm-hmm. you might not have to, mm-hmm. but what would happen if you did? Right. Right. I just had a thought that flashed through my head. It's the weirdest thought in the world. You know, we yell at the football players on TV. Mm-hmm. And of course, it does nothing because they're on TV. <laughs> and I think, you know, we feel sometimes that way on Zoom. You know, we can't have that personal connection um, because they're on a screen. And, you know, no, we need to go back and, as you said, introduce ourselves, you know, and, and you know, other little things like, you know, if there's something cool behind them in the camera, mention that or, you mm-hmm. know, and, it, you know, maybe it could be other little things like we do in, in person. Hey, it's great. I haven't seen you since. You know, things like that. Um, yeah, again, to, to remind yeah. us, okay, we're not those actors and inanimate objects on the other side of a screen. Yeah. And, you know, any because I think the other thing too is if you act like, well, I'm just trying to get to the end of the meeting, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to follow this script or I'm just going to, like, this is how every meeting goes. So I'm going to say this, you say this, then we move on. Mm-hmm. You start to sound robotic right. and you miss that. Like, mm-hmm. we love inflection, right? Mm-hmm. And voices and right. we love stories. Mm-hmm. We love that way to connect with people. So mm-hmm. there are things that you can do on Zoom that show your interest, that right. show your energy. Mm-hmm. So yes, they can't feel your energy. They're not in the room with you. But at the same time, it's just like when we used to sell over the phone, mm-hmm. you know, and you would right. hear. With, and and they always said, start with the smile. They can exactly. tell when you're smiling. Mm-hmm. They can tell when you're smiling. Well, now they can see you smile, but do everything you can to extend that to, again, just how can I build stronger connection and relationship here? And so the other thing is, you know, you can't be looking off to the side right. or, you know, the, like you have to look into the camera, even though they might be on this other screen, well, move them, you mm-hmm. know, like move it. So they're on the screen where you are and look into the camera right. because they can tell whether or not you're looking at them mm-hmm. or if you're looking away and you right. think, well, I am looking at them. Yeah, but, but I really didn't that. want to talk to their ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, and like what I do with, with, uh this for our Zoom call, since it's just the two of us, 
I just, because normally when you do Zoom, you're the two, you're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so then you are looking off in, in an odd direction. You know, you might be looking off screen, but you're really looking at them, you know, obviously. And so right. I have learned, I reduce the size of the screen until we pop up on top of each other. Yeah. And, and then I've got my camera where I, and it's on a plexiglass um, stand. And so then I put you right behind it. So I am really looking almost straight into your eyes to be speaking. That's perfect. Now, one of the things I do with mine is if I'm having a session with a client, I actually turn off my self view mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm just right. talking to them. And so there's, so I find myself very distracting. I'm a high kinesthetic. I talk with my hands so they can move a lot. That mm-hmm. distracts me. So I have to remember to keep my hands still so, so as to not distract the other person, but I just turn off my self view. And then now they're getting my full right. attention. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's just, again, it's like if, when we're talking to somebody in, in person, you know, the second their attention wanders, it's done. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I might, in fact, I've been known to just like end in mid sentence, things like that, because I know they don't care anymore. Um, now, if it's, you know, they look, oh, something caught their attention, then they come back. That's very yeah. different than just, okay, what's over there? I'm just going to kind of look over there. Or like I said, you know, talking to somebody's ear because they don't have the camera in the right place. And speaking of that, that's, that's another thing that, you know, it's like, okay, we've been doing this folks now for quite a long time. I don't need to be looking up your nose at the ceiling. <laughs> Put your camera in a good place. If that means you're stacking books on your desk, you know, so that you can either put your laptop higher or whatever. But, you know, we don't want to talk to somebody's ear, nose, top of head in person. So please don't make us do that on Zoom. Yeah. Or when they cut off half their head or, you know, like these things, like it's like, wait, you can see yourself on camera too, right? So you know that I can. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, you see what we see. Or Mm -hmm. it's like, what's going on? Yeah. So it's, I think it's with everything, you know, being thoughtful will go a long way. And with sales Mm -hmm. to build know, like, and trust, be thoughtful Mm -hmm. and think, what is the experience like Mm -hmm. for the other person? How am I showing up? How, how might they, am, am I doing everything I can to establish a powerful first impression? Am I building credibility? Do I come across as, you know, whatever your keywords are, mine are kind and credible. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to depict kind and credible to do everything I can to establish that first impression? And if there's something that I'm doing, that's like more convenient for me, but isn't giving, getting that, that kind and credible across, mm-hmm. I'm going to change. I'm going to adjust. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's funny because anytime we talk sales, we all go, ooh, we don't like sales. Ew. <laughs> you know, and, and right, you know, and, and it's, it, of course, we're not in business if we don't do sales, you know, so Amen. get over it, folks. You know, we've, yeah. we've, even if you hire someone to do your sales, you're still in sales. <laughs> you know, And so, you know, we need to, to make sure that, especially in this remote world, that we're taking care of all of that. And building those relationships, because that's what it comes back to. Like I said, you know, I, I'm, I got my little dollar bill here and I'm going to hold on to it till the very last minute. And I'm not going to give it to somebody if I don't trust them. No, I'm a big believer in voting with your wallet. So mm-hmm. if, you, if, if somebody doesn't show up mm-hmm. in a way that builds credibility, that shows that you're not just a walking dollar sign to them, mm-hmm. they're definitely not going to earn right. my money. So 
you know, don't give your money to people who don't show up prepared, who don't mm-hmm. uh, make an effort to make you comfortable mm-hmm. when you are in the position of being the client and vice versa. Don't expect to get money from somebody when you're not willing to extend yourself and be flexible to put the other person at ease right. when you're wanting to earn mm-hmm. their business. Right. You know, and, and you know, I talk about making the face when we say we're in sales. And and I think that's because we all have bad experiences with sales. You know, we think of, you know, you 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 want to buy a car and you get pounced on by four people when you drive in the lot or mm-hmm. you know you're you're in a, a department store and you get spritzed with perfume. <laughs> you know, all these various things, right? You know, yes. that's kind of a good thing that we don't do that. You know, I don't go shopping anymore. But yeah. um, you know, I, we've seen the people who selling is all about them. And making their commission, their, you know, whatever it is. So they don't care. I mean, it's like they've got the neon sign over their head that says, buy for me, buy for me, buy for me. Mm-hmm. And they're going to browbeat you until you buy from them or, you know, just totally run away. And so we, the big thing is we think, I don't want to come across that way. So how do you work with people to show them, you know, you can be successful in sales without being the buy for me, buy for me, buy for me people. Yeah. My whole platform is built on rapport first. So everything I teach, the foundation is rapport first. And realistically, and I say this over and over again, sales is something you do with people, not to them. Mm -hmm. And so of course, if if you have this attitude that in order to be successful at sales, I have to do something to somebody, Mm -hmm. that feels gross. That feels manipulative. That feels Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be the person who does something to Mm -hmm. somebody else. Like we don't want I don't to want them that. to walk away and go, ooh, you yeah. know, I have to wash my hand. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know people are gonna judge you. That's just the nature. So if you start looking at sales, if you can reframe it and go, this is a collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to convince mm-hmm. anybody of anything. Mm-hmm. My job is to understand what's going on for you. Who are you as a person? Right. What's what do you what what do you need? What do you mm-hmm. want? What's like your ultimate desire? And if I have a solution mm-hmm. that would meet that want, solve that problem, meet that desire, then I'm obligated to put it in front of you with your permission. Mm-hmm. And Get that with you your permission. Yes. Mm-hmm. And let you decide whether or not it's the right thing for you right, right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this goes back to the difference between a with type of sales mm-hmm. experience and, an, and a two type of is... Are you talking at people or are you talking with people? Because right. we get talked at all day long from, you know, it's constantly, you should do this. You should do that. If you don't do this, your life is going to fall apart. It's mm-hmm. this, the shaming, the pain points, the, you know, at, we love to get, you know, browbeat people with all of these things. One of the ways that you can learn how to have with conversations is ask questions. Mm. And then questions. listen. Yes questions allows for the other person to participate in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you no longer have to word vomit your whole sales pitch off of it onto anybody because frankly, we're sick of getting word vomited on mm-hmm. too. If you can start to ask questions, then you can help one, you know, when you ask questions in a strategic way and you you structure your questions, mm-hmm. it really should, the questions should start to help the other person, mm-hmm. the prospect in this case, mm-hmm start to identify, oh, Deb has something that I could benefit from, or I'm, I'm interested in more about what she's got going on. So it helps them start to identify themselves as an ideal client. Mm-hmm. 
And it also helps you to figure out, am I talking to an ideal client or am I talking to somebody who nice to meet you, but I got Mm -hmm. a bless and release Mm because you're not the right fit for my business Mm -hmm. or what I offer. Mm -hmm. So you got to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it really is, you know, you, you ask those questions and then, you know, there are times where it's like, okay, this isn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Now it could be that you go, oh, you know, it's not a good fit for me, but I know who is. And so I'm going to introduce you. You know, those are always great. Right. Um, But, you know, and I think so many times we think that when we're selling, that we're a failure if we don't sell. And, you know, and, and so when somebody tells us, no, we're not interested or whatever, we're like, oh, I'm crushed. Nah, it just means that at that point in time, they didn't need what you offered. I don't even know if I said this back when I was on the podcast in 2014, but I've been saying it a long time. So I apologize if I'm repeating. But one of the things I think about with sales is we are so afraid of getting the no. We're so afraid of this, like, oh my gosh, this person's going to reject me. So one of the one of the analogies that I have to share with people is think about if you go to a restaurant, you have a really delicious meal, and you've enjoyed it. You you know you're super you're super satisfied, and the waiter comes by and says, you know, can I show you our dessert menu? We have a fantastic dessert menu. And you say, you know what, not tonight, but thank you so much. I'm so full. It was delicious. We'll mm-hmm. we'll come back another time. The waiter doesn't go back into the kitchen and go, can you oh. believe that broad? Mm-hmm. I offered her dessert. She turned me down. I'm so rejected. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you approach sales as like a no is rejection, of course, you're going to feel uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But when you start to approach it as that waiter just issued an invitation mm-hmm. And your job is to issue invitations and let people decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'd like this or no, I wouldn't. And neither one is objection. Like it's, or not, not objection, sorry, rejection. Rejection. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, and we should, of course, be taking all of those no's, which hopefully there's not a lot, right? But learning from them, you know, did I not communicate well? Did I not ask the right questions? All of those various things and then figuring out, okay, was it truly, no, go away, don't ever talk to me again, or I'm willing to consider it in the future. And I think that's one of the things that people get really hung up on is they they get in the, I'm never going to talk to them again because, you know, they got rejected once and they don't re- want rejected again. Yeah. Sometimes no is just a not, not now and not yet. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I teach and I wrote my second book about buying signals. People will give you buying signals that indicate there's some interest there. Mm-hmm. Those buying signals often, if they give you a buying signal and you issue an invitation and they decline, the next time you see them, you know, engage in conversation or in some way or keep in touch with them right. in some way, because chances are they might give you another buying mm-hmm. signal. I one time was at, uh, like, it was a networking. I met somebody through networking. We went to have like a coffee chat together. And over the course of an hour and a half, she gave me seven buying signals. Now, every single time she gave me a buying signal, because I really do walk my talk. If I teach it, I do it. Mm-hmm. So the first buying signal she gave me, I issued an invitation. I invited her. So, to what's work. a buying signal? Give us an example. So, 
So an example of a buying signal, well, one, it's a verbal or a nonverbal cue that indicates interest. So that's kind right. of the- she Might have leaned towards you or- Could be that, or it could just be that she, you know, they ask about a service. She was like, so how do you work with clients? Mm-hmm. That's a potential, potential buying right. signal. Mm-hmm. You'll only know if you check it out. So you answer the question and then you issue an invitation. So in this particular case, I told her, you know, I work with clients in three ways. I do private sessions. I have a master, master classes. And then I have a group coaching program. Mm-hmm. Is any of those- something you'd be interested to learn Mm -hmm. more about. That's me issuing an invitation Mm -hmm. on the buying signal, following up on it. Mm -hmm. Now, she didn't really give an answer. We just kind of kept on in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, again, over the course of an hour and a half, she gave Mm -hmm. me like seven buying signals. People are often surprised Mm because I like to also have stories to tell when I Mm -hmm. get to teach. And and I issued seven invitations. Mm -hmm. People are like, you issued seven invitations in an hour and a half. I'm like, you better believe it. Right. Every time someone gives me a buying Mm -hmm. signal, I'm just going to check to see. You Mm -hmm. ready now? Mm -hmm. Do you want to dance? Yes. Do you want to? That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And she ended up, she actually ended up, she didn't hire me there in that meeting, but Mm -hmm. I said to her at the end, I get a sense that there's some way that we might work together. So Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you information on my VIP program Mm -hmm. and there'll be a link to pay. And Mm -hmm. if you pay it, then I know you're in and Mm -hmm. I'd love to work with you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, that's okay. I'll look forward to seeing you at the next networking Mm -hmm. And I sent her the link Mm -hmm. two days later, she paid it. She became a great client. Nice. So the thing is, Mm -hmm. you just, you, people will give you these signals. Mm -hmm. Now there are things you can do that will help these signals come up quicker Mm -hmm. in a conversation. Mm -hmm. But when you get a buying signal, your Mm -hmm. job is to act on it. Don't Mm -hmm. just treat it like a throwaway line. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example of one that people often, it seems super, super obvious, but they miss it. Mm-hmm. And it's when people ask you about your price. Mm. A lot of times when people ask about price, the person will say, it depends. That is right. never the answer to the price question, mm-hmm. even though there's a part of you that's right now thinking, but Nikki, it does depend. Yeah, it, it does. It depends on what we're doing. How can I give them a price? Yeah. <laughs> you can give them a range and then you follow up with an invitation. So you mm-hmm. could say, well, working with me can range anywhere from $147 a month to you know, $2,000. Okay. Is there something in particular that you'd be mm-hmm. more interested in learning about? Right. Like that's me just following up to check to see. Yes. Or I question, could even question, say, question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could even say, you know, it ranges between this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you looking to invest in mm-hmm. sales coaching? Like I could just ask the question mm-hmm. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then if they go, well, I really want some private coaching, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? And then I can give a more specific answer and then I can follow up with another mm-hmm. invitation. You know, this is what it costs to do a private coaching session with me every month. Is that something you'd like to do? Wait and see what they say. Mm-hmm. Chances are, if they're giving you buying signals mm-hmm. at some point, they're going to say yes to mm-hmm. hiring you. Right. You know, and, 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 I think, you know, you, you mentioned one of the things we do is we rush it. You know, yeah. we, we ask one or two questions. They don't seem interested. Oh, we're done. <laughs> you know? And, and it's back to, you know, as you were saying, relationships and no like trust, you know, we yeah. want to get a little more information. Tell me more, tell me more before I'm going to give you my money. Um, yeah. You know, and, and very rarely is it, you know, that you get a sale it almost immediately. I mean, you know, people, they just don't function that way. And if they do, it's only because they've done a lot of pre-research. So they were pretty much sold before they ever even talked to you. Yeah. They've already been warmed up in some mm-hmm. way. They warmed themselves up. And right. I teach a five-step process to the sales conversation. And mm-hmm. this is the the latest book. It's called The Selling mm-hmm. Staircase. 
And the the idea behind the five steps mm-hmm. is it's a structure of a sales conversation. And I teach this to people so that they understand what step am I on right now mm-hmm. with this interaction, like right. where we are. Mm-hmm. And then instead of trying to jump from step one to step five, right. which is a huge mistake. Yeah, because you're going to bang your knees and fall down. <laughs> That's right. And nobody's going to do that with you. Mm-hmm. It feels awkward. And we've all been on the receiving end of somebody just showing up in our email saying, hey, Nikki, I looked at your website. You totally need a rehaul. Here's here's our pricing. How many here's of those should- do we get a day? I know. And I'm like, you're skipping steps with me. You mm-hmm. didn't. You went right from step one to step five. Mm -hmm. And you cannot do that in the sales conversation. Now, in one conversation, you may move somebody through all five steps. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that's not as common now as it used to be, or they've already warmed themselves up. They don't show up on step one. They show up on step three. Mm -hmm. And then it's easier to go from step Mm -hmm. three to step four, and then to step five, which is the close. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is to understand where am I in the conversation? Mm -hmm. And my job is to be the guide. Because the client or prospect, they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Your job is to guide. Mm -hmm. And instead of going right in for that hard sale, Mm -hmm. which is probably going to scare people off or overwhelm them in some way, if you're willing to follow this process, you'll find that it's easier for the prospect to make a decision with you. Mm -hmm. You build that know, like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. And now it's easy for them to say yes. They're like, here's my money. Here's my Mm -hmm. credit card. Let's Mm -hmm. move. Let's go. So yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in sales conversation. There is a process to it. When you can follow a structure, whether it's, um, and again, this isn't about teaching people how to sell like me. It's more about giving people a structure so they can mm-hmm. bring their own personality, their own right. authenticity mm-hmm. to the conversation, show up and be themselves, mm-hmm. but be strategic. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are the five steps? Okay. Step one is introduction. So we mm-hmm. kind of talked about the power of building a you know, sorry, excuse me, that it's important that you build a powerful first Mm -hmm. impression. That's step one. Mm -hmm. Step two is create curiosity. This, Mm -hmm. by the way, is the most missed step in the sales Mm -hmm. process. Most of us don't even think about, do I know how to create curiosity when I'm talking about my business Mm -hmm. or in a conversation with Mm -hmm. somebody? And yet when you can learn how to start to create curiosity, you start to attract your ideal clients. Mm -hmm. They will lean in. They'll have questions. They will say, tell me more. Yes. Amen. So once you create some curiosity, a lot of that, what happens next a lot of times is a buying signal. And once mm-hmm. you get a buying signal, you invite them to step three, which is discovery. And now some people think that means it's something really, really formal. And it could, depending on your business, but it could also just be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But this is really where the questions start to come up. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea here is to ask really smart questions mm-hmm. that let them self-identify, oh, Deb has something I want some more of, mm-hmm. or I'm so interested in what she's doing. So you ask really smart questions. The one thing you don't want to do in step three, and this is a big mistake people make, is you ask a question, the person gives the answer, and you start selling. Mm-hmm. And then you ask another question, right? give an answer, and then you sell some more. Mm-hmm. And and this goes on. And what will happen is one, that's a huge time suck mm-hmm. because you'll spend way too much time and you'll overwhelm and confuse mm-hmm. the prospects and they won't decide. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a clean discovery process. There's no selling in step three. It's asking really smart questions. Right. And then when appropriate, you're going to ask permission to move to step four, mm-hmm. which is 
proposal. This mm-hmm. is where you're laying out the ways that you can mm-hmm. work together. So I never say to somebody, you know what, based based on what you've said, you should become such and such client with me. Right. You should do this. You should do that. I would say, you know, based on what you've shared, mm-hmm. I have an idea of a way we might work mm-hmm. together. Right. Would you be interested to hear mm-hmm. about that? May Let's I send that. it to you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Let them say yes. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. discovery. Now we go to proposal. Your job in proposal, step four, is to lay out a really clear offer. You have to stand in your place of credibility and recommend what you know the client needs, not what you think they can afford. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important distinction. Mm -hmm. So you recommend what they need Mm -hmm. and then you issue step five, which is the close. You have to issue close language. This is the second most misstep in the process. We wonder why that doesn't close. Well, it's because we didn't actually, in essence, say, give me your money. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you never you never gave them the question to let them decide. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'll send you the proposal and I'll follow up with you next week. Uh, that is not a close. No. If you're going to send a proposal, you say, let's get a time on our calendars to circle back, review right. the proposal. You can ask any questions you might have. And- That's right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say to you, after reviewing the proposal, is this something you'd like to move forward with? I'm going to issue closed language. And the reason for that is until you issue closed language, a lot of times people haven't even decided to hire you right. yet. Mm-hmm. So we're just giving their brain an opportunity to give them an answer. Mm-hmm. And until we know what their answer is, which mm-hmm. could be yes, no, I have a question, I have an mm-hmm. objection, could be like, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that could happen, mm-hmm. but we won't know what those things are until we get there and issue the closed language. Right. So those, those are the five steps, mm-hmm. introduction, curiosity, discovery, proposal, and close. Right. You know, and I think the the other thing that people need to remember is we can go up and down those steps. You know, it might be that we gave the proposal and it wasn't quite right. So we need to go back to discovery. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so just because you went up this, you know, doesn't mean you can't take a step or two back. Yeah. If it turns out that you recommended a proposal for somebody that they were like, oh, I didn't really have any idea that that's the mm-hmm. kind of price point we were talking yeah, you probably need to ask some questions. And maybe that should have been an indicator that you missed a question in the first round discovery of like, what's your budget? Or what are you looking to invest in this? Mm -hmm. And so now you'll know that for next time that that's an important question for you to bring in. But if it comes back where they go, you know, something changed in our business, we thought we were going to move forward with this, Mm -hmm. we had some cuts, and now we have a much smaller budget. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we take a step back, we go Mm -hmm. back to discovery, we find out a little bit more, then we're going to put what I consider a downsell mm-hmm. offer in front of them, something mm-hmm. to get them started. It might not give them everything they wanted, mm-hmm. but what do you have to offer right. that would help get them started mm-hmm. moving in that direction mm-hmm. to meet the needs? Solve right. the problem. Yeah. It's not again and no. Right. It's we need to revise. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you when I think when you approach sales from a place of curiosity, like mm-hmm. I'm just naturally curious. I'm going to be curious. Mm-hmm. And my job is just to understand what's going on for you. And do I have a solution? And if so, do I have your permission right. to put it in front of you? Mm-hmm. And if so, I'm going to ask you for your business. Right. And it, it's, it's the, you know, asking permission, all of those things, because that's again, you know, as, as I said, we, you know, we think the salespeople are going to hit us over the head with it. No, ask permission. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and then they're going to, they'll give you those cute, yes or no, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and, and, but, you know, I was also wondering, you focus on working with women and, you know, we all know Mars are from women, somebody's from Mars and somebody's from Venus and, you know, all yes. of those things. Yeah. Um, 
How is it that women approach sales differently? Well, I say I focus on working with women. I do work with men as well. I have some right. great men Their in money my, works in my too. program. Mm-hmm. Their money works too, yes. But I will say that I, because my approach to sales is very collaborative, and I think women are naturally right. more collaborators, mm-hmm. that it lands really softly mm-hmm. to them. I think the thing that scares women off a lot of times is they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be aggressive. Right. They don't want to go out and hunt big game and, mm-hmm. you know, and kill the elephant and mm-hmm. like all the stuff that you hear, like old, mm-hmm. you know, old style sales approach that doesn't resonate with them. Mm-hmm. So this idea of, you know, can I be successful in my business and learn how to sell in a way that feels good to me and builds relationships. Now, one of the hesitations I think women, a lot of times the thing they want to fall back on is, oh, I don't want to sell to people. I just want to educate. Right. I just want to help them. Yes. I just want to help people. I just mm-hmm. want to educate people. When I hear that, I always think, ooh, ideal client for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because chances are you're word vomiting. You're not educating. Right. You're talking people out of hiring mm-hmm. you unintentionally. And if you could learn how to tailor your approach, mm-hmm. you will be more impactful. Mm-hmm. And frankly you'll you'll have clients that get better results because you'll understand the sales process. Mm-hmm. And by understanding the sales process, you'll earn the right business from the right clients who will become great advocates. Right. Yeah. Business. That old word of mouth thing is very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting. I'm working with a, a delightful young woman. I've hired her to do a project for me. She's just out of college. So, you know, I knew that she was not going to charge me a fortune. Um, and, but she, you know, she, she gave me, now she gave me a written proposal. I was very impressed. And we had an initial call, you know, also she was, she was doing what she, you know, and, and she sent me the proposal and then immediately, but if that's too much and, and we were on zoom and I said, stop it. <laughs> And you know, I said, I came to you because you are the expert. And the second you downgrade yourself, then I'm going to expect that I get that downgrade. You know, and, and it's, you know, you, you mentioned this before, you know, sometimes things change. And so if you give them a proposal for, say, $1,000 and they say, our budget has changed, then rather than saying, okay, I'll take the lower budget, we say, what can we take out? to get down to that budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done that when we would propose websites, we would say, okay, it's going to cost $2,000. And they come back and they say, well, we can only afford a thousand. Okay. What are we taking out? And the, the amazing thing is they almost always get back up to the, you know, to the, the full 2000. And I mean, it's human nature. We all want to save money. Right. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, you know, when we downgrade ourselves, then they downgrade us also. And, you know, and, and that's tricky, especially I think as women, because as you said, we want to collaborate. We want to be partners. And, you know, and so we want to make them happy. And if saving money makes them happy, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes as women, we feel guilty mm-hmm. because the thing that we're doing oftentimes is the service that we're providing or whatever it is in our business. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it probably feels easy mm-hmm. to us. Right. right. Because, and the thing that we often forget is I, I had this conversation with a client not too long ago. She was saying, you know, I sometimes feel guilty about raising my prices mm-hmm. 
And I said, well, let's, you know, let's dig into this mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. How many years of experience do you have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about our years of experience. Mm-hmm. I said, now, how many programs have you invested in in the last 10 years that have helped you contributed to your skills? Mm-hmm. So we added it up and it was like, it was like $30,000 that she had mm-hmm. spent on her education, right. um, not a formal education, but mm-hmm. programs and things right. that she mm-hmm. was doing to, mm-hmm. to, to give her a skill set that was unique in her mm-hmm. particular industry. Mm-hmm. So $30,000 and then all of her years of experience. And Mm -hmm. I was like, so, you know, are any of your clients, they're not having to spend $30,000 and Mm -hmm. 10 years Mm -hmm. in order to gain this knowledge. They get to like essentially cherry pick right from Mm -hmm. you. So, you know, how much do you think that knowledge and that that time savings is worth? And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she was like, I have no problem raising my price now. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Long ago, I interviewed this wonderful woman and uh, on the program. Her name is Adrienne Graham. And she wrote an article for Forbes that caught my attention. No, you can't pick my brain. It costs too much. Yes. I and love it. right. You know, and, 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 and her point is very much how many times do we, as the business owner, the consultant, the whatever, go now it's a little bit different now because you know we might not be meeting in person as much but we go to Starbucks to lunch to whatever talk with them for an hour and basically tell them everything they need to know <laughs> and sometimes they don't even pay for our lunch um you know and and <laughs> so right we're like oh i i footed the bill and and we we told them so much that they don't need to to work with us, um, yeah. you know. And 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 I love that concept because yes, we do want to be helpful to people, and sometimes you need those kind of introductory type of coffees at Starbucks or whatever to do the discovery, all of those things. But when all we're doing is giving them all the answers, so then they don't need to hire us. That's not a good plan. Mm-mm. I think there's a couple of things I think of here. One, in sales, there should always be a balance of power. Mm-hmm. I should never hold more power over my client because mm-hmm. they'll go away. Right. They'll go find mm-hmm. somebody else to work with. They'll feel mm-hmm. diminished in some way. If they hold power over me, they'll mm-hmm. abuse it. Just like mm-hmm. the the woman who was like, well, if the price is too high, you know, then people will take advantage of mm-hmm. that. So you want to have a balance of power. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you don't want to do is ha- feel like you have to show up and prove your worth. Mm-hmm. You don't have to prove how good you are at what you do. So you're giving all of your stuff away mm-hmm. for free. So I would say, think about all your expertise and imagine it like it's a big, beautiful beach. And mm-hmm. on, on this beach is laid out all these beautiful mm-hmm. you know, expertise, your knowledge, all mm-hmm. the skill set that you bring. And you show up in a conversation with mm-hmm. somebody and you go, well, I'm just going to give them a little grain of sand because mm-hmm. it'll help them. It's easy for mm-hmm. me. And I know it's going to make a difference. Right. But they don't know about the big, beautiful beach behind mm-hmm. you. They think that grain of sand is the beach. Right. And now why would they need to pay you money? You just mm-hmm. gave them the beach for free. Mm-hmm. And yet that grain of sand won't actually get them the result right. they need. They'll and then they're annoyed. Yeah, they'll only get, or mm-hmm. they won't do anything with it because they didn't pay any money mm-hmm. for it. So then when somebody says, what's it like to work with Nikki? They'll go, eh, she's okay. But you know, my clients that pay me the most money, if you ask them, what's it like to work with me? They're like, she's worth every penny and right. more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're mm-hmm. serious about it because mm-hmm. they've invested in themselves mm-hmm. in learning something that is going to mm-hmm. make the money. And when somebody asks them, what's it like to work with? They're like, I recommend her wholeheartedly right? because well, she's made me money. Yeah. You know, and, and we do look at that with, okay, we got this for free mm-hmm. or we paid for this. 
-hmm. And we value what we paid for. Um, You know, when, when we used to do special events, people were like, well, you know, let them come for free. No, even if they just paid 10 bucks, they it's it's a different commitment level to them mm-hmm. um you know or if you say okay it's 99 and we're going to do it for 50 be, you know we're going to give you know this, they, you still want them to see that value the the whole Something. free thing really did, and you know i have a lot of people especially when they're just starting in business they say well i have to either give my stuff away or i have to deeply discount it you know because i want to build that client base and you know it's like the the young woman that i was hiring to do the project no you charge what you are worth now, you know, and, and, and I saw something somewhere that said, charge what you're worth and double it. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. Now, double was a little scary, right? But, you know, I like that concept because, you know, we, whatever, we're, especially when we're new, we're thinking, I'm new. I don't have the experience. So I'm going to tell him $20 an hour. No, you know, my education, my experience, all that makes it 75. Okay. So I'm going to charge him 150. And then see what happens, but do it yeah. confidently, right? Oh, I'm yeah. going to charge you one fifty is not going to get you hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> you know, I always push back when somebody says I'm new because it's an identity statement. It's saying something about you, right? mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is, it's pretty rare that I actually meet anybody who is new. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not new. Even well, right. I mean, now I've been in my business work mm-hmm. for a while. But when I was on your podcast the first time, mm-hmm. 2014, I might have said I'm new. But I, I wouldn't say that now. Like I know better. I teach my clients. I'm not new. No. I already showed up to your mm-hmm. podcast with 20 some years of sales experience. Mm-hmm. I already had all of these expertise, these skills in neurolinguistic programming. Mm-hmm. Like I already show up with that. So I am not new. Maybe I'm new in my business. Right. That's different. But mm-hmm. I am not new. Mm-hmm. And you, listener, if you're walking around saying I'm new, chances are you're not. You're showing right. up with experience. Mm-hmm. You didn't just decide I'm going to build websites tomorrow mm-hmm. and I'm going to charge somebody eight grand to build them a website, but I've never done it. That's different. That's out of integrity. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you have built websites for mm-hmm. some company that paid you to do it, mm-hmm. that all that experience mm-hmm. that translates when you start your business and you're helping to build websites right. for someone. Yeah. And if somebody tells me I'm new, I immediately, I, I think I'm going to pay less, yeah. you know, and, and so that's the expectation, right? You yeah, know, they're, yeah. they're, they're desperate. And, and of course <laughs> yeah. that is the worst thing in sales yeah. is for somebody to think you're desperate and, you know, and, and that's, that's the hard thing. Yeah. Well, it's great. I always ask for notes before the show. And so one of the notes says, what is the difference between using a cat calling and a dog calling technique? And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I describe curiosity. When I mentioned earlier, step two Mm -hmm. about creating curiosity. Mm -hmm. So I always think about if you are a dog lover and you call Mm -hmm. a dog, you do this thing a lot of times where you're like, come here, boy, come here. And it's like this high pitched, like excited things. And dogs Mm -hmm. really respond to that. They're like, Mm -hmm. ooh, something fun's going to happen. I'm totally in. Mm -hmm. But you can't call a dog or you can't call a cat like that. Oh, no. Right. They look at you and go. They're Mm -hmm. like, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I'm over here. If you want to pet me, you can come Mm -hmm. to me. I'm not even going to come to Mm -hmm. you. And yet a lot of times in sales situations, we show up with what I call dog calling energy. Like, I'm so excited to talk to you. You're an ideal client for me. Oh my gosh, I have all these things to tell you. And then again, we word vomit Mm -hmm. and we show up with dog calling energy, but Mm -hmm. people don't respond like dogs. They'll push away. We're like, oh yeah, we do, right? We take a step back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. too much. Mm -hmm. So cat calling energy is a little bit more of like, 
when you want to call a cat, you do this thing where you go, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. So we're just trying to get attention, right? So with cat calling energy and the way to create curiosity, a lot of times it's how you answer questions. So instead of somebody says, well, what do you do? And you talk for 40 minutes about what you do. That's word vomiting. That's dog calling energy. Instead, if you think, what could I say right now that would pique this person's interest? Mm -hmm. So if somebody says, well, what do you do? I might say, well, I work with women primarily and I teach them how to make more money. Mm -hmm. I could just say that. Right. Now, now that's going to pique my interest. Right. Mm -hmm. That would probably get a question. And that's where conversation happens is through questions. I'm trying to pique somebody's interest in my response. So I call these hear kitty kitty responses. Mm -hmm. And when you can pique somebody's interest, a lot of times what will happen next is they'll give you a buying signal. Mm -hmm. And now we're off to the races and we're moving up the staircase. So the idea here is to think about, do you know how to create curiosity? And can you have a few little Mm -hmm. hear kitty kitty responses? Like somebody said, how are you right now? You might say fine, but that doesn't initiate conversation. No. They're like, instead, yeah, what if instead you said something like, oh, I'm great. I just got done teaching a masterclass today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, oh, what was the masterclass about? Exactly. Now we get to talk about business stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to be strategic in my response. Mm -hmm. Try to drop something that might be interesting that will initiate conversation. Now, if I say that and you're like, oh, who cares, Nikki? What what do you think about the weather? Right. Then Then you're not going to go any further and that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, oh my gosh, Nikki, we have just flown through this. It has been so much fun and we have to do it before eight, eight years again. Um, but, and who the heck knows where we'll be in eight years? Oh my That's gosh. Um, but tell us how people find you and what are the services that you provide? Okay. The easiest way to find me, I'm going to wrap it around a gift for the listener. It's an ebook. It's called Closing the Sale. It talks through those last couple steps of the selling Mm -hmm. staircase, gives you some language on how to close. Mm -hmm. So you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash BPH for Business Power Hour. Mm -hmm. So that's specific for your listeners. So you can go grab that right now and then we'll be connected. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you know, obviously you like podcasts, so check out the Sales Maven podcast. Right. Get lots of tips on there. And the ways that I work with clients, three main ways. I do private one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. I teach masterclasses once a quarter on a particular deep dive on a sales topic. And I have a group coaching program called the Sales Maven Society. Those are the ways I work with clients. I love it. And you're on LinkedIn so people can connect with you there. Absolutely. LinkedIn and Instagram are the two places I tend to hang out the most. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, Nikki, like I said, we can't wait eight years to do this again because yeah, you know, well, who knows? It'll be, it it will be interesting to see what happens between now and eight years, you know, because there's, there's obviously lots of changes coming, lots of cool changes. Yeah. Um, You know, I think we're seeing so many, you know, one of the things with COVID is we saw so many people go, I'm going to start my own business, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I know some of them are rethinking that, but you know, it's, there really have been so many changes. So it's going to be fun to see what happens even in the next two or three years. Um, so we definitely have to do this again, but you know, what it, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? My final thought is if there's somebody out there that you suspect would be a great client for you, don't be afraid to approach them and say, would you ever consider us doing business together? Just ask the question and see what happens. I love it. Yeah, because it, the the least they can do is say no. Yeah. The most they can say is, tell me more. Yes. Amen. I love mm-hmm. that. 
Please let that be the response. And chances are it will be the response often as long as you ask the question. Right. Because most people are, you know, they're curious, as you were saying, Mm -hmm. and they're also not rude. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they'll they'll give you a little bit of of introduction time. But um, but yeah, you know, and as you said, it is about, you know, building those relationships because we don't spend money with people we don't know, like or trust. That's true. Well, this has been so much fun and I cannot wait to do it again. I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Nikki Roush of Sales Maven. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.